You're listening to episode 48 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today's guest is absolutely going to blow you out of the water. Uh, I came across this amazing woman on Instagram. It's actually a a funny story I share about how I, I came across her. It's sort of an odd connection. And she is one of my absolute favorite accounts to follow. And I reached out to her hoping that she would agree to be on the podcast to share her amazing knowledge. And she agreed. And guys, she absolutely brought her a game because this woman is just the best and you're going to love her. We're talking to Ilana Jadala. And Alana, or as some people call her Lou, is an entrepreneur, she's a photographer and an educator who runs the blog ilanalou.com, and she's also the co-founder of Derive Collective, a social media consulting and photography company. So Alana is wildly passionate about entrepreneurship, travel, wellness, sustainability, And we are talking about all of these things on this episode today. Alana likes to spend her days with her feet planted in the sand with a camera in hand on the shores of Hawaii or the coast of Maine, depending on the time of year. And she has an infinite love for the outdoors, beautiful photographs, as you will see on her Instagram page, and experiencing new places. And she's just really shaped her entire life and career around travel and using her platforms to really impact the world in such a positive way. I am just blown away at at everything that she gave in this interview. We talk about the huge focus that she puts on sustainability in everything from everyday life and our health to business and the environment. Uh, We talk about not wrapping up your entire identity in being an entrepreneur and your work, which can be very difficult not to do sometimes. We talk about being present and intentional and how living in Hawaii has taught Alana to really live life with more intention in her business and on her priorities, along with shifting her entire body image and how she really views herself as well. We talk about asking why more often, which seems to be a strongly recurring theme on this podcast. We we may need to dig into this some more. (laughs) And we really talk about the environment. We have a totally powerful, eye-opening discussion about the environment and how living on the islands where there's such a sensitive ecosystem. I mean, Ilana has a front row seat to some of the most serious effects of climate change and plastic usage. And this is going to shift how you look at the environment you cultivate in your own home and your everyday life. This is very important. And I'm really happy that we got her on to discuss this because this is something that despite all of us knowing that climate change is an an issue, there isn't enough being done to counteract it. And this is going to be really crucial. And it's it's absolutely going to open your eyes. Honestly, Alana just cultivates the most beautiful, positive attitude in not only herself, but everyone around her. And I mean, she is, she's totally one of my favorite um, Instagram accounts to follow. I know I already said that, but you got to go check it out. <laughs> she's just absolutely every bit as lovely to talk to in real life as she seems on social media, which is really to me, always the sign of how authentic somebody is. When 
their their personality online is exactly how they are in real life. So I'm not going to hold this up any longer because I want you to enjoy every minute of this episode as much as I did. So for all resources, make sure to check out roomtogrowpodcast.com. Everything will be listed over there, including some environmental resources that we discuss, and it will all be in the show notes so that you can go check her out along with her partner, Erin, who is an incredible photographer. So make sure to go and check that out and let's get going. Welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast, and I have the most special guest today. I have Alana Jadala. Alana, thank you so much. I seriously can't thank you enough. I've been dying to get you on the podcast for months, and I'm so excited you're here. (laughs) You're so sweet. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. Tell us a little bit more about you, because I just, I absolutely love your story. And I have to say, um, I actually, I want to tell you how I came across you because it's kind of random. It was after I visited the big Island last year, totally fell in love with it by far the, my favorite Island. I mm. came across a couple of photographers with incredible photos of the Island, including your partner, Aaron, who I will link to in the show notes. And then when Lindsay Roman took shots of you guys, then I connected the dots and I just was immediately drawn to just what a beautiful spirit you are. And the more I've, I've kind of followed you and, and the longer I've, I've, kept an eye on what you're doing. I'm just like blown away at your openness and your authenticity around everything from building a business to wellness and the environment and body change. And these are all things that we're going to talk today about, but I'm just, I'm so excited to get into this with you because I love what you're putting out into the world. Oh, thank you. And that's such a fun story to hear. I think that kind of serves as a testament to how the internet works and how it can align us with some really incredible people. And that's really the basis of so much of what we do with our clients and so much of what, you know, why I'm on the internet and why I love, um, you know, using it as a tool for business and also for just connection. Um, Aaron is an amazing photographer and amazing soul as well. And that makes me so happy that you saw his photography of this island um, and you know what he's doing and then it, you know pointed you to me that's such a fun connection and I love that so much uh, me too yeah he takes absolutely gorgeous photos so I'm, I'm definitely going to make sure to to link him in the show notes but awesome. how did you kind of end up doing what you're doing and, and even living in Hawaii I know that that was a, a change for you as well Yes, definitely so um, for those of you that don't know who I am um, my name is Alana and I live on the big island of Hawaii now. I'm originally from Utah. Um, I'm a marketing strategist, a blogger, and a self-proclaimed wellness warrior, if you will. Um, So I started in, I don't even know what this industry is anymore, um, because I've shifted and grown in so many ways, but um, I went to university for marketing, um, and I had been doing photography for quite a while before then. And I knew deep down that doing photography as a portrait photographer really wasn't where my heart was. Um, That's not what was resonating with me. And I wanted to do something different. So it almost felt like photography needed to take a back burner. Um, But, you know, along this probably 10 year journey now, um, I found that it it can really be something different. Um, I really wasn't aware of the world like editorial photography or uh, travel or brand photography at that point. Um, but I have kind of blossomed in that area. So I started out as a marketing strategist, um, you know, a very long time ago for brands and, um, an editorial site, kind of like 
Goop or Glitter Guide or these larger sites. That's what I was doing as an intern initially um, and, you know, worked my way up to being the marketing director of that company. Um, after that, I was teaching workshops um, for small businesses all around the United States. Um, and that was amazing. And that kind of felt much more my niche. Um, I was applying, you know, the strategy and the analysis I had learned through my career prior to that um, to these small businesses making huge impacts, you know, in their, their lives, their revenue, their sales, um, their social media presence. So do in those workshops, that's when I was like, this is, these are my, my people, this is my bread and butter. This is, you know, people that my strategies can impact their lives in a really big way. Um, and then I moved towards consulting one-on-one -on -one because the workshops, frankly, were a little bit draining. Um, and in our emailing before this, we kind of talked about avoiding burnout and, um, you know, serving ourselves while serving our clients. Um, and that was something I was just like, you know, it's not sustainable for me personally to continually be traveling multiple times a month um, and, and being kind of in front of a lot of entrepreneurs. I wanted to dial in and spend a lot of time one-on-one -on -one with people um, and really custom catering that social strategy for them. So that's kind of my back end of, you know, being a marketing strategist, I guess. Um, and, and from there, um, there's a lot of freedom came um, from working for myself. We ended up moving down to Hawaii where my mom is. Um, and that just kind of threw a huge, just wildly different, um, much more intentional in our lives. Um, I've changed so much as a human um, since, and as a business owner as well, since living here. But um, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of my story. If there's a specific uh, thing you want to know about, I'm happy to share, but it's a long one and I don't want to um, take up too much airspace. So. Oh my gosh. No, I love, I love the long detailed stories because that's where all the, all the magic comes from. So mm. I would love to hear more about how living in Hawaii has changed how you sort of live and do business because I, I think that aspect is is fascinating and it Hawaii has a very different uh, vibe than anywhere else I've I've ever been to and I can only imagine actually living there would really have an enormous impact yeah and I don't know if it's necessarily just the place um, I've talked about this pretty candidly before I, I know a lot of people and I, I get a lot of messages actually that are like you know I want to move to Hawaii I need something to change my life um, and I want to be very honest that this place is absolutely incredible and sacred, but it will not change your life. Um, I, I don't think coming here um, is going to be a solve all. Um, that's not what it was for me. Uh, for me, it was the idea of slowing down and the lessons that Hawaii and the people taught me that um, the hustle is not all that it's cracked up to be. Um, I grew up in a very materialistic, um, society that totally condoned, um, expensive designer bags. Um, you know, the, the type of car, you know, was a status symbol, um, huge bank accounts working for these giant companies and, you know, just striving for that hustle just for more, 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 more was what I was raised, um, as the standard of success. And so I found myself out of college, you know, owning my own business, um, constantly in that rat race of just trying to keep up and, you know, how do I do more? How do I make more? How do I do this? And it was never an analysis of, you know, is this what I want? Um, and so having that huge shift of Aaron, you know, quitting his 10 year career, um, in, in corporate America 
to um, come work with me. I was, you know, inundated with too much, too many clients at that time, too much work. Um, we really took a humongous step back, but also a step forward in so many ways. Um, Aaron came home to work with me. And honestly, he just said, Hey, I feel like I'm working at my house and it's really strange. We need to move. And I, uh, someone, I worked from home for years. So I was like, I mean, what's wrong with our house? Why do you want to move? Um, and so we, we kind of talked it out and it was, it was honest. He just was like, I want, if I'm going to, you know, leave my, my 10 year career, I want something that's wildly drastically different. Um, so we toyed around with California. We toyed around with a couple different areas abroad and we were like, you know, my mom is in Hawaii and we love it there. Um, why don't we go there? And I just think about how naive and young we were. And it was only three years ago, but it just seems like a lifetime ago. Um, and so we, we decided, you know, we figured out the logistics and we made the leap and so much has changed just because when we got here, it's just, there's that reality check of these huge things that I thought were so important, um, really were materialistic and surface level. Um, I learned a lot about myself as a person. And so in that shift of like, what's really important, I found that my wellness and our wellness as a household was what was important, not what I saw as levels of success. Does that make sense? I don't want to ramble. Um, No, that makes perfect sense. I I love that. And I really love how this is all sort of tying back to it, it, that the change still has to come from within that the change Mm -hmm. all the external isn't necessarily going to, you know, solve all of your problems. Exactly. I always say it's not always sunny in paradise because people, we meet people all over the world. We travel quite consistently and we meet people and we're like, Oh, we live um, in Hawaii most of the year. And then we, we go to Maine in the summer and it's the funniest. It's the most common answer. Oh, that must be nice. That's how people respond. And that's so mind blowing to me because I meet people who live in as beautiful or more beautiful places. And rather than me being cynical and angry, I'm happy for them. I'm so excited that they chased their passion or that they got to, you know, grow up in that place or whatever it may be. Um, and I understand that just because you live in a really incredible place, which I'm, I, I believe that most of you probably do, whether you think it is or not, um, we all get to live on this beautiful earth. And once we see it as a blessing and understand that our out, outside environment does not always dictate how we feel inside. We have to take ownership of that. Once we realize that, that's when we take our power back because I know tons of people who live here and absolutely hate it. People come here, they, they hate it's too hot. It, you know, I always say that the islands either you know, chew you up and swallow you whole or they chew you up and spit you out because there's plenty of people come here and absolutely hate it. They hate the lifestyle. Um, there's a lot of things you know, that just are unfortunate about Hawaii's history. Um, and I just can't say it enough. It's, it's all up to us in our business, in our lives. It's, you know, it's, it's an internal thing. It's not an external thing. And there's something really empowering about that too, that, that mm. knowing that, that we have that power, that the power resides within us, that's incredibly empowering. And I, I love that you mentioned the must be nice. I've done entire podcast episodes on that phrase because <laughs> it oh. irritates me so much because it, it really is just dripping with cynicism and yes. negativity and potentially jealousy, depending on the yes. situation. And it doesn't serve anyone involved. When, no. when we're coming from that place, it doesn't serve any of us. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's typically a reflection of self. That's, that's an internal thing. 
um, that's sitting from an insecurity or like you said, an anger or jealousy. And so I try not to take it personally, but it's just funny because like I said, because we are traveling often, we are meeting quite a few new people. Um, it's a very, very common thing. So after a while, it's, it's hard to not take it personally or to, you know, notice it. So I don't know, I've, I've worked in the last couple of years to try to find, um, inclusive responses to that, that, you know, kind of does touch on that point where it's like, well, you know, it's beautiful here too. Or, um, I, I don't know. I just try to find conversations, st starters or responses that yield more positivity versus continuing the negativity. Absolutely. And I think that's really important to be able to, to try and find ways to break that cycle, even when it can feel a bit draining after a while. Yeah. It's yeah, still definitely. ultimately better for you and, and your own energy too. But a big part of your mm -hmm. brand is sort of this overarching theme focusing on sustainability, like you mentioned, both in, in life and in business along with the environment too. So we're going to get into a little bit of all this, but let's kind of start with, with life and business. Like how have you gone about building a business that fits into your lifestyle and what do you do to avoid burning out? Ooh, I love that. Um, so a business that fits my lifestyle. Um, I think that did start with that kind of major, you know, shift within us. Like I said, um, before then I really felt like even though I worked for myself, I had to keep these hours. I had to have this, um, I, I don't know. I had this invisible, um, idea of what profession, like what being professional was or, um, you know, how running a business looked and I had to, you know, button everything up and really be, you know, specific on if I'm going to run a business, I it has to look like this and I have to run hours like this. And it was just very, um, critical of myself and boxing myself in and thank you to Aaron. Thanks to Aaron. He really has helped me overcome that in the last couple of years of understanding that if I get my work done and I offer an amazing experience to our clients um, through and through, that's what professional is. Um, that doesn't mean that on Monday through Friday, I have to sit in front of a computer screen and, you know, for X amount of hours to prove that I'm a business owner. No, proving you, you're a business owner, A, you have to own a business. And then proving you're a successful business owner is that you are providing a quality experience. You're doing your job and you're doing it well. Um, so a business that fits my lifestyle is one that, um, gives me that freedom to live within my days. Um, I, I it's, it's been a big shift here because you know you look out and it's beautiful it's a nice day out um oh i'm yearning to go out before I, I you know fight that urge no you need to sit here you need to do this many hours of work um that's how you you're gonna get ahead um and slowly but surely over the last couple of years i have outlined you know times that i sit down and i get my work done um and then i allow for you know if i want to go out on a tuesday and go paddleboarding um i can because I got my work done. So it is about, you know, time management, productivity, um, really carving out those times to sit down and crank it out versus just sitting. And I mean, I think we've all been there where we're sitting there. We've been here for six hours, you know, in front of the computer and we only got, you know, a couple tasks done because we're scrolling on Instagram or we're, you know, allowing our to-do list to kind of meander. We're doing all these things that is the opposite of efficiency for me. And I think we all have days like that and that's kind of the way it goes. But for the largest portion of our, you know, days, I think it's about intentionality. Um, and really what is my intention with these couple of hours? How can I get the most done 
in the least amount of time. So I can go on, you know, whatever that looks like in your day. Um, for me, it's getting outdoors. It's prioritizing movement. It's, you know, being able to travel, spend, you know, unplugged time with people that are in front of me. Um, our best friends were just here for a week and I worked, but I definitely set aside large, large amounts of time to sit with them, to be with them, to go outside and, you know, experience this beautiful place with them versus I think myself a couple of years ago, you know, I think of myself five or three years ago, I probably would have been like, well, I have to take at least two days out of your five day vacation and work because that's what I do. I have to work. Um, so I think it's, it's about carving out intentional time to get what you need to get done and releasing that, um, that stigma or that, um, I, I, that really harsh says like, you know, your voice on yourself that's, I need to be doing this. No, you need to get your work done. How can you do that quickly, efficiently, and then allow yourself to enjoy your time? Because that's the beauty of working for ourselves, I believe. Mm, I think that's so important. And, and it really is. I, I'm, I quit my corporate job uh, about, oh gosh, six months ago or something. And it's definitely been, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's definitely been a harder transition than I anticipated because mm -hmm. I've still been very stuck in that corporate, like those corporate hours type of thing, like yeah. what you were talking about. And then I'll find myself, it, you know, there have been days where I, I will find myself staring at a screen and I've been sitting there for God knows how long and I haven't actually accomplished anything. And it's definitely been a transition to move away from that and to get really focused on and clear on exactly what I want to get done and moving forward with that as quickly as possible. And, and it's, it's a total game changer. Once you're able to establish those boundaries with yourself and mm -hmm. shift your, your worldview a little bit and not wrap our identity up with work. I think that that's really what I'm, what I'm hearing throughout how you're talking about this is that you're not, you're not creating your entire identity around your work. Correct. And that's something that I, this, I spent a lot of time journaling about it this summer. Um, actually I, I started writing down, I am a human being, not a human doing. Um, cause I feel like sometimes I only equate my growth, um, or back to that word success with what I'm accomplishing and doing in my business. And that's not fair because our greatest project in ourselves, um, I, I highly, I, I mean, it just means so much to me what I'm putting into my body, how I'm moving my body, my mental health, my relationships. Um, because at the end of the day, that, I mean, that's, that you are the only person you're going to spend the rest of your life with literally until the last day of your life. And then the people that are going to be there, you know, pretty close to that are the, your friends and family that are surrounding you. So that is a huge priority to me. Um, is my relationships, my own health, my mental health. So I, I am prioritizing it more and more and more that, you know, that's great if I sat down and worked for six hours, but what else did I do? Like, did I move? Did I eat well? You know, am I seeing people? Am I stepping outside of my household? Am I getting, you know, human interaction? Like we have to prioritize these things um, in our life, not just in our business. I mean, we, our businesses are very, very vital, but so are the, the other parts of our lives. I think that the human interaction part is especially important because I, even as an introvert, I, I don't think I realized how important that element was until I basically had none of it for the most yeah. part, like throughout the day. And, and when it's gone, 
then all of a sudden you, you realize how much you miss it and how much you are going to have to work towards incorporating it on a regular basis and be again, like be super intentional about it because it makes a huge difference, especially to things like, like mental health. Otherwise you just end up incredibly lonely and probably a little bit depressed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's so good. So what are some of the other go-to ways that you fit wellness into your everyday life? Like I know you mentioned movement and, and stuff as well, but how do you kind of juggle that with entrepreneurship, especially in times when you're in maybe a busier season as well? Yes, that's a great question. Um, and I, I was thinking, I was thinking about this the other day, as far as wellness, I think um, wellness has gotten to be this really huge, huge realm, which is amazing. And I love that. But I think for a lot of people who aren't incorporating in their lives daily, you know, on a daily basis, it seems daunting and it seems like, Oh, I just don't have time for that. Um, and so for me, I think back even my wellness journey, if you will, started about eight, almost 10 years ago now, probably eight is like a hard line. Um, and that's when I started discovering kind of, Oh, just food and understanding, you know, what, GMOs are and what, you know, what's going, you know, antibiotics and all these things that were in our food. And I just remember being absolutely shocked and, and not even knowing anything and just feeling like I was totally blindsided because I was, I grew up, you know, not, not eating anything like I eat now. And so I think, you know, the ways that I incorporate wellness into my every single day is educating myself on what I'm putting into my body. So rather than thinking of wellness as this huge thing, like, okay, I need to be exercising this many days. I need to be eating this kind of diet. I need to be doing this, this, and this. Don't give yourself a task. I would say, look at what you do naturally and really educate yourself on why. So, um, I mean, I, I laugh. I was just talking to my best friend about this like two days ago about how coffee is like this publicly accepted drug that we all take and like nobody like if you're you know taking drugs in front of other people people are like what are you doing but if you drink coffee they're like cheers um <laughs> and so I drink coffee um Kona is like a huge coffee place um but I switched it to bulletproof coffee and I don't need to like educate anyone on here about what what or why but I I stress like understanding what you put in your body so look up what bulletproof coffee is and what the benefit is to plain coffee or um, maybe, you know, trying to take coffee out of your diet and see how you like that. Um, you know, that's moving on to the next thing. Do you eat breakfast or do you not? Why? Um, you know, what does your diet consist of? Why? You know, like it's just educating yourself on, you know, nutrients in your food. Um, you know, why you move your body. I think giving yourself that education, um, gives you power. And so that's where the core of all my, you know, changes happened in my life was just looking at, you know, toxins in my, in my everyday environment, like what I was consuming, um, you know, my household cleaning products, um, everything like that. It was just what, what was immediately already in my life, not trying to add in a bunch of things because to me that's stressful. Um, and you get to that point, you eventually do when you have a handle on what you're already doing. Um, and you've maybe made out, made some swaps for things that are healthier for you. Um, you know, that aren't filled with toxins, then you're empowered to keep making changes, but sitting, you know, here today, you're listening to me and thinking of, Oh, you know, I should add A, B, C, D and E into my life. That's stressful for me. So I always say, um, that's where I started is, you know, incorporating wellness is 
simply looking at what you're already doing and figuring out how you can do it better or why you're doing it. Um, so I just analyze, you know, from the morning, I, you know, the second I wake up in the morning until I go to bed at night is, am I serving myself? Is this good for me? Or, you know, is this tarnishing or, you know, not doing something good for me? So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's how I definitely incorporate, incorporate wellness, you know, in my everyday life when we travel, you know, all the things. No, I really love that approach actually. And, and it's funny that that I feel like the, the entire concept of asking why more often, whether it's of ourselves mm-hmm. or, you know, of other people, other things in our life, asking why seems to be an incredibly common theme that I, I hear from all kinds of guests is that when, when we start asking why more often, it can completely change your entire worldview. And it really does empower ourselves. This is the, the problem is that we're always looking for external answers and somebody to just hand us something, you know, like, like a meal plan or do this diet or this workout plan rather than doing the work to actually figure out what is working for us. And then it's no wonder we, we get overwhelmed and we feel like it's all too much and then we don't end up changing anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think we know more than we give ourselves credit for. Um, and what we don't know I mean, by asking why, you can pinpoint exactly what you don't know. So, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. Why, um, you know, what's what's in my makeup? Well, think about that. That's just a random question that popped in my mind. Like, what's in there? And if I don't know, then I can either look at the back, and if the ingredients are on there, then I know. Or I can Google it. Like, is this toxic? Or, you know, whatever it is. You can can find the specific answer versus just, like, like, standing in your house and wondering like, how do I become well? That's a very broad question. So rather than how I, I ask why or what is in this, and then you can find a solution. So it's a step-by-step process, but I think it's just easiest to start with what you're already doing and optimizing that versus, you know, seeking and seeking and seeking to go forward from there. Absolutely. And it's funny, I, I usually don't even actually use the word wellness just because I'm, I'm of similar mind to you that it, it sounds very daunting and it's just so all encompassing and in some ways overused now that I feel like it doesn't yeah. actually really tell us anything. Like it, it doesn't really mean much at this point, but it's, it tends to be just like the easiest term to use when you're talking about sort of, you know, house, mind, body, the whole, the whole situation. But that actually leads me into yeah. talking more about the environment because this is really important in terms of, you know, the products that we're using in, in our house, whether it's on our skin or whether it's just being used, you know, like a cleaning something that we're still going to end up coming in contact with in some way. But we really need to talk about this because despite climate change being in the news every day, there is way, way too little, I can't understate that enough, being done about it. And I think that a lot of people are confused about what kind of impact they can have, where to start, some of the really small things in their lives that can shift really easily to have huge results. And I mean, places like Hawaii see the impact of this more than most other places in the world because it's such a delicate ecosystem. So you kind of have a front row seat to that, that some other people don't. And I would love to get, get some of your opinions on that. Absolutely. Um, Hawaii has definitely been my teacher when it comes to environmentalism and sustainability. If you would have asked me these questions five years ago or even three years ago, I don't think I would have known the answers. And I'm definitely not still, I'm not an expert. 
um, by any means, but I am happy to be someone that's having these conversations publicly because um, I can, you know, ask somebody that is an expert. I can find out the information. And even though I don't know 100% of it, um, I know I can definitely be of service to people who, you know, were where I was a couple of years ago. So um, how I got into this is, is simply by going to the beach. Um, Aaron surfs a lot and I go, you know, and read or I'll work. Um, and the most, the place we go most frequently is there, I'm not joking you, there's more plastic, um, small microplastics that have broken down in the ocean and then been spit out by the waves than there are seashells. So, you know, you go once and you maybe don't notice it, but you go every day and you're going to notice it. They're bright blue, they're, they're white, they're yellow, you know, there's toothbrushes, there's um, you know, pieces of razors, there's just things that you recognize. Um, and so, you know, after a couple of months of like, you know, wow, I've noticed this. Wow, it's still here. Wow, I cleaned this beach last week and it's back. Like, y you start to realize like what a huge problem this is. Um, and, it, you know, in tandem with that, I was also, I mean, we spend a lot of time in the water and our reefs here are um, almost entirely dead. And I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, what? No, I've seen pictures, it's beautiful. Um, but you go to very remote places in the world and you realize what coral reefs are supposed to look like and they don't um, look like that at all here, at all. Mm. They're very gray um, and they've, what has happened is called like coral bleaching, which is um, one from temperature rise um, in our oceans, even by like one degrees, it can completely throw off the coral reef system. Um, but also because of toxic sunscreen that people put it on and I see it happen literally every day. People will slather on toxic, disgusting brands and jump right in the ocean. They don't even wait the 15 to 20 minutes that it tells you on the bottle. Um, they jump right in or they're spraying and it sprays right into the ocean. And so just from being here and sitting, you know, like you said, with a front row seat, I've just encountered these, you know, time after time after time. And it started weighing on me really heavy. Um, someone, that I, you know, really admire in the environmentalism space, um, shared like, you know, once you're aware of it, it's like managing depression because I, you know, I want to fix everything right now. And so I went to that stage of like, oh my gosh, this, this is such a huge issue. Like what can we possibly do? Um, and then over this last year, it's gone from that to like, we can do stuff. And um, there's many things that we can implement in our daily lives as consumers and also as business owners. Um, you know, a lot of my online community are business owners and that's when I felt really empowered. I'm like, you know, I can make statements and I can really help these people change what they're doing, um, you know, with their packaging, with how they manufacture, with, I mean, everything. Um, and so that's when I, you know, started using my voice um, to help people understand that, you know, every choice we make, um, every purchase that we make has an impact. Um, you know, if it's, if, like I said, if it's the sunscreen, you know, educate yourself on, on why, why am I using this? Um, what is in this? Is it good for my body and is it good for the earth? And so, you know, that's just kind of where it stems. It's just the products that I use in my daily life. Um, you know, cleaning supplies, you know, once this bottle is gone, where is it going? Um, my makeup, why do I need to buy stuff that's in plastic? Um, food, 90% uh, of the food on this island is important when on the big island we could be completely self-sustainable from just the land that's here 
Um, so it's just, it's a matter of education and understanding that, you know, if 90% of the food is shipped, that's all in packaging versus if we simply, you know, invested in our local communities, whether you're on an Island or whether you're on, you know, the mainland of America, um, you can cut out a lot of just mindless waste. Um, so for me to, you know, if I can give you one piece of advice in your life is look into your trash can and look into, you know, your, your, your cabinets and assess where those things go. Are they recyclable? Are they made from recycled plastic? Um, it's, it's just a, an awareness. Um, cause it all goes somewhere. It either is going into a landfill, um, or it's going into our oceans. Um, from you know poor waste management and it's very common um, so the the trash that arrives on our beaches in Hawaii is not from Hawaii it gets caught up in these um, there's five gyres that are you know in our oceans it's just a large you know kind of a uh, whirlpool if you will and it gets spit back out here so that's from all over the world that's definitely from America as part of the problem um, so I just I just can't stress it enough. Um, what you do in your daily life absolutely impacts our world. Um, it's like so the stat is ridiculously low. I think 9% of all plastic um, is, is recycled. That's it, 9%. So there's like billions of pounds of plastic that are ending up in our ocean every single year. Um, and so for me, I didn't see it before. I couldn't see it. And so I think a lot of people need personal experience to really affect change in their lives, but some people don't. So I hope by me telling my story and by showing photographs of what I see, that it does impact people. And I get the nicest messages. I get so many people that are like, wow, I had no idea. I'm going to switch to, you know, a reusable water bottle. I'm never going to buy a plastic water bottle again. Um, or people that are like, oh, I'm going to switch over to this product because you recommended it. I never thought about how, um, you know, plastic razors would affect this, or I never thought about, um, I mean, you, there's just, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and so I try to present it in a fairly logical, honest manner and not be preachy about it because I don't want people to take it as offense because I don't think most people are meaning to to cause harm. Um, but we just have to be more aware. I think an awareness of our everyday, um, like I said, that, that's back to the same idea with wellness. Knowing the why and knowing, understanding the scope of what we're doing um, gives so much more intention into our lives. Mm, absolutely. That's, that's so beautifully put. And it, it really is, I think in some ways, I mean, I've had things like you know, glass water bottles, just, just very base level stuff, things like glass water bottles and stuff like that for years now. And so for me, it's my normal. And then I'm always surprised when people have plastic and I'm like, what, but why? Oh, like there's no need for it. Like, <laughs> oh, it's crazy. When we traveled. Um, so we, we spend the, the summertime in Maine typically. And this year we stopped in Utah where I'm originally from. And I was absolutely positively appalled um, by like the general public, but also even like my close friends. And that's so horrible to say, but like, they're just not aware of it. They don't see it every single day. And, you know, I'm, I tell them, I say things and they're like, Oh yeah, no, I definitely think about it. And then you just watch like, well, I had to get a coffee 
sorry, it came in a plastic thing. Like, I just didn't think about it. It's like, no, you can't think about it. It's simply planning. You know, we just keep like, a, you know, we keep two stainless steel cups in our car. Um, and that's just like an example of what, a couple of the things that we keep in our car. So when we go to the coffee, if I forgot my reusable cup, I'm not going to get a coffee or I make it at home. It's very easy. Once you make the conscious choice or you make that shift, it's very easy to not go backwards, but it's just people that don't want to switch it and make that choice, you know, because of it, it the most of it is convenience, right? Um, we were just so used to it. We grew up with, you know, any major coffee chain or any major event, you're getting handed water bottles or, you know, just waste, 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 waste. Um, so I, I completely agree with you just being like, well, why, mm-hmm. why do we need it? Yeah. Um, it's not hard once you make the shift. Um, but I think I cannot stress enough to people. It's, it's not hard. It just takes literally like an ounce of planning and, and you'll never need any of the waste that you just can create so easily. Yeah, absolutely. And this, this really goes across all kinds of various, I mean, this goes across every industry, but I mean, even things like, like clothing and stuff like that, it, there are so many different aspects to this that I mean, we could spend all day going into we could. Just, yeah, <laughs> just the environment. Yeah. But the one thing that I noticed too, yeah. was that when I was on the islands, there were no plastic bags. Everyone was using like all the stores or anything like that. They were all using plastic or um, paper and even just general materials. I, I'm friends with uh, a girl on Maui who runs Brecky Bowls, um, this uh, SIE oh, bowl. I love place. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's the best. And and she built, you know, she got um she got her actual food truck thing on Kijiji and then she built her second one from reused materials and and everything like that. And I feel like you just don't see that as much on the mainland. Like everyone just immediately goes to Home Depot to get whatever they need and and nobody even bats an eyelash or thinks twice about actually searching out some reusable materials and something that is otherwise going to end up in a landfill, but it's perfectly good. And and it would probably also save you all kinds of money. But again, it's that convenience factor where we aren't used to stepping outside of the convenience and taking a look around to see what else is on the other side. Yeah. And I, I, I can't like, I can't recommend it enough. I mean, our home, um, I have some photos of it on my Instagram, but um, and on my blog, but a lot of our pieces were um, found at yard sales or like secondhand stores. And people come into our house and are like mind blown. They're like, this is so beautiful. Like, you know, where did you get this? Where'd you get this? Where? Like just expecting designers or on my blog, people are like, where did you source this? I'm like, from, you know, some guy down my street. I don't know. Like it's, <laughs> and if you can find beautiful stuff, if you have, you know, good taste, you can find these things. You know, Aaron and I made like a total, you know, um, routine out of it for a couple weekends. I mean, a lot of weekends we would just, you know, make our coffee and go down and yard sale and do that. And so it's, it's just about mindfulness. I think once you are aware of these things, it's easier to make that shift. And, um, the plastic bag thing here. So in the state of Hawaii, um, plastic bags are banned from like grocery stores and stuff. So, I mean, where we used to live, um, before we moved into this house, the, that specific grocery store wouldn't even give paper bags and they don't want you to take your cart outside. So if you forgot your bags, you had to walk out with all your groceries in your hands. I'm not joking. And that sounds extreme and I love it. it I love me, it too. <laughs> it taught me so quickly 
to remember, I call them um, like good intention bags. Like you bring them, but then you forget them in your car every time, or like you have them sitting right on your like, you know, mudroom bench or whatever, and you never bring them. Like that's, that's what happens with so many people with reusable bags. And that's how I was in Utah. I would always ask for paper still, but that's still waste. Like, and I just hate mm -hmm. having clutter in my house. So coming here and having that like very strict, like you're going to have to carry this all out in your hands. Um, taught me very quickly. So I think that a lot of times we need a little bit of a challenge to just understand like this is not that hard. Take two seconds to grab the bags out of your back seat and walk inside. Like it's not hard at all. Um, so it's just a mindset shift. I think just the more conversation that's happening and the more you realize like what an impact that is. Cause you just think about, you know, how many hundreds or thousands of plastic bags go for one grocery store and then how many grocery stores are in a city then are how many are in a state, how many are in a country, how many countries there are. And you think about how quickly that magnifies. Um, it seems like, oh, it's just a plastic bag or a plastic straw or a plastic coffee cup or, um, I mean, a, you know, a carton of milk or whatever it is. There's just these things. And on, seemingly on a small scale, they don't seem to be that big of a deal. But then you just think about simply the you know the multiplication of it you know you think about coffee shops and how many jugs of milk um or you know almond milk or co coconut milk or whatever it is you know per coffee shop and how many there are on a block and then on a city you do that same that same scale out and you quickly realize how much this is adding up and how this is not sustainable because plastic doesn't break down for hundreds of years it does not biodegrade. We have to find a solution. And that's, you know, on the, the large scale of like corporate America and, you know, or, you know, corporate global, and then also, you know, government, that's, that's the solution, you know, large scale. But until that happens, we have to take personal responsibility and understanding that, you know, we have a say. Things shifted completely with food. Once people figured out about organic and getting rid of all these disgusting toxins in our food we never grew up with organic did you ever see that i mean did you ever see something stamped across no um, never yeah it was never a thing no and and i have a whole issue with the whole organic the way that it's run i think it's it's very you know exclusive and it's overpriced and i just think that there's a whole something wrong with our you know the systemic issue with organic food but why i bring that up is that we brought that on our purchasing dollars brought that on. So if we only buy stuff that's in recycled materials or only stuff that's in um, glass or metal or something that will last, that's what it's going to shift towards. So by, you know, using your purchasing power to, you know, move this, move us forward, that's huge power. And then also just avoiding those things in your daily life you know, think long-term, you know, a reusable water bottle, yes, it will end up in a landfill somewhere sometime, but it's probably going to be, you know, two years from now or five years from now, or, you know, depending on how well you take care of it, a long time versus single use. Mm -hmm. So I just think, I think it's just becoming aware and, and just opening your eyes to it. Absolutely. Do you have any like specific people or, or resources that, that we can go to or that I can send people to, to get a little bit better education on that? Oh, yes. So many. Um, let me think. So sustainable coastlines Hawaii is a huge resource for me. 
Um, but there's a bunch of them. I follow, I follow a lot on Instagram. I mean, even just like national geographic, um, Patagonia, there's a lot of it. Prana. Those are clothing companies that are on the forefront of like, um, you know, slower fashion or, or, um, things with like a closed cycle. Um, let's see who else five gyres is huge. Um, Oh, I'll send you an email with a bunch. I try to share there are a bunch of things on my um, Instagram. So if you keep your eyes peeled, like I have a sustainability um, highlight on my Instagram. Um, I'm working on, you know, a couple different blog posts that serve as a resource. So I just try to share all the information that I possibly can with people um, in an approachable way. I want to be a resource. I don't want to be someone that's standing on a soapbox. So definitely. No, I love it. That's super helpful. You know, yeah. 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 No, that's good. Yeah. I'll definitely make sure to, to reference that. And if you have more that you want to send me, I'll certainly add all those to, to the show notes okay. as well. Perfect. Um, actually speaking of blog posts, I, I'm going to switch gears really quick because you wrote a blog post last year talking about how Hawaii taught you to love your body. And I would love for you to walk us through what that journey has looked like for you and kind of what it was about the islands that sort of changed how you view yourself. I love this one. I wrote, I just reread that blog post recently and it, I just was smiling the whole time just to kind of see that reflection and, um, you know, follow that journey through that blog post. So I definitely, you know, recommend taking a read of it, um, after you listen to the podcast, but you know, in, in that journey, it really was realizing, I think the first step was realizing who I wanted to be and how I wanted to be as a human, so many of those things were not attached to the way that my body looked. Um, and I think that was kind of the, like the end realization, um, through that journey, but what sparked it was simply coming here. And when you're on vacation, I think you're like in your own zone. You're not really paying attention. You're not really like people watching the whole time. But like I said, with the, you know, noticing the plastic on the beaches, when you go, you know, time and time again, you notice like a lot of different things as, you know, someone who lives here versus someone who's traveling here for a very short bit. Um, and so just me being at the beach very often, I just noticed how different things were here versus from anywhere I had ever spent long, you know, a long amount of time. Um, and I think it's out of necessity. Like you spend a lot of your time here in a bikini um, or in less clothing because it's, you know, the temperature, but something about women here, um, there was just this, this confidence, this like silent confidence that was so inspiring to me. Um, and I think it kind of goes along with the same journey I had, like just going deeper within myself and not really valuing these surface level things. Because before I moved here, you know, I always just felt like, like oh, I was the curvy girl. I was the bigger girl. And I'm, I mean, like, I'm a very in-between, if you will, like for, I'm, I'm not considered plus size in any way. Like, you know, so I oftentimes feel weird, you know, sharing this journey because a lot of people will be like, you look fine. Like, why do you care? But this is a, like a, a self, you know, my awareness of myself growing up because I had friends who were much thinner than I was, even shorter than I was. I just never felt confident in my skin. I just felt like, oh, you know, I should lose like lose some weight or, oh, I should look like this. Or there's just a lot of like pressure on myself, not only from societal, but just who I surrounded myself with. And they're phenomenal people and there was never any pressure from them, but that was just my own outlook. And so as I grew older, um, I thought, okay, if I dress nice, if I learn how to dress my body, then I'll feel confident. 
And that was true. Like I, I gained a lot more self-confidence as becoming a young adult, but moving here was really the process of stripping it all down. Like you can't dress for confidence or dress for success or whatever, when you're literally wearing a top and a bottom and your stomach is showing and your legs are showing and you know, you're falling off a surfboard or, you know, trying to bounce a volleyball, you know, across the beach. That's completely different than being like, Oh, I can mask my way to confidence. You have to be like very comfortable in yourself to allow yourself to have those experiences. And so what I was seeing is, there's not women like covered up in a t-shirt, like, you know, sitting on the beach upset. There's women that were like, I, this is what I look like. and I'm going to enjoy my life. And so that was so inspiring to me just to see huge smiles on their faces, them playing with their families, you know, just out in the waves, like surfing or doing whatever they were doing. And they're just like, this is my life and I'm going to live it. I'm not going to be halted, you know, or um, crippled by the idea that I have to look a certain way to partake in this. And, um, so it was just a, it was an amazing thing for me to witness and then to apply to my life because it's contagious. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have sculpted abs. I don't, I definitely have cellulite. Like that's, that's fine. That's me. Um, and, and I do believe in movement. I do believe in prioritizing, you know, the quality of your food and, you know, putting into your body and, you know, being mindful of all those things, but I, I don't see anywhere in the world where I'm like, I need to be, you know, X size, or I need to be, you know, where I just, everything shifted for me. It just, it was a um, permission to be myself and love myself as I was. I, I really love that, that perspective. And one of the, like the big takeaway that jumped out at me from that post was that beautiful women are happy women. And I just thought that that was a really amazing way to sort of sum that up. And I I do think that it's important. I feel like this doesn't get touched on enough that regardless of what anyone's body type is, whether they're, they're, you know, real thin or a little bit curvier or whatever, it's still about the individual experience. And I'm, I'm just naturally kind of built fairly thin. Um, But I've certainly had body confidence issues for most of my life Everyone as well. Does. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing is that we're all entitled to our experience. So no matter what somebody's body looks like, if, if they have, if they're going through a thing where they're trying to figure out some confidence issues around that, they're entitled to experience that and not be shamed for, well, you know, you have nothing to worry about. Like what's, what's wrong with you? Like that just makes it even harder. So I think we need to just appreciate that everyone is in their own coming, coming to terms with whatever it is that they're dealing with in their own time too. Absolutely. It's just, it's all, it's all sizes, colors, ages, everything. Um, someone, I mean, someone has programmed us no matter who we are to think certain things about our brain. And so unless, or about our body, excuse me. And so unless someone has been speaking to us and saying, you know, you are beautiful, you are, you know, you're confident, you are all these things from a young age, I know some people who are like, I've just never thought about my body because my mom is extremely, um, you know, accepting and amazing and has just like spoke, you know, spoke to me with such esteem since I was a kid. I'm like, that is amazing. That's exactly how I want to parent. But for the most of us, a very, very large percentage of us, no matter if we're a new mom or if we're, you know, like you said, thinner or skinnier, really tall or really short. Um, I mean, whatever the size, shape, look, color, whatever, 
we all have something. And so rather than just harping on that and focusing on that and allowing it to debilitate us, um, the quicker that we realize that A, our body is not everything about us, B, that it is a vessel to explore life, like the sooner that we embrace it and love it, the more that you know, we're going to experience, we're going to hike, we're going to swim, we're going to, you know, do all the things once we, once we accept, like, this is our vessel, let's use it. And then see, I think that by, you know, stating, I'm going to have confidence. Like I am confident. I am amazing. I am like proclaiming those things. You become those things. Um, I, I know a gal very closely from back home and she just recently shared something on her Instagram that I found so profoundly beautiful. Um, she was in the same location in Italy, um, one year later. So just recently, this like last week she was there and she had been there a year previous, the year previous, she wouldn't get in front of the camera. She, she's a photographer. So she was shooting other people. She was just like, I was just thinking about how thin they are and how amazing they looked and how I just didn't want to get in front of the camera. And then this last week she had the stunning photo of her. She's still the same size. She looks amazing as she did before. Like she's, she's still the same human, but she said this year, I decided that I was going to love myself. I decided this year that I'm not going to let my body define me. I'm going to absolutely embrace who I am. And she is on a wellness journey. She is, you know, you know, dedicating time to herself, but she made that, that shift mentally. There's literally nothing that she changed outwardly. She just decided that I'm going to love myself. I'm going to give myself permission to live life. I'm going to step in front of the camera. I am going to, you know, embrace myself and enjoy this vacation. And she just wrote this eloquent, lovely, you know, post on how it was all mental and how she just is now in such a better mental space that she is able to step in front of the camera and she is able to see, wow, I look beautiful and this is amazing. And I get to have these experiences and not to like allow her mindset, simply of one aspect of herself, her body, to completely impact all the other parts. Mm, that is just so, so beautifully put. I have, I have like the biggest smile on my face because I think that that's Aww. just so incredibly powerful and that so many of us can, can take that into our everyday lives and, and run with that and really see yeah. the amazing changes that can come just from that simple switch. Yeah. So Alana, it has been such a pleasure. I could talk to you all day, but I want to respect your time. So let us know where, where we can find you. I want to make sure that everyone goes and checks out your incredible photos and the amazing work that you're doing and, and that they can reference you. Oh, thank you. Um, so you can definitely check out, um, all of my blog posts as well as the, the how Hawaii taught me to love my body post that we referenced in this podcast episode on alanalu.com. Um, and then you can find me on social at alanalu and, and be sure to subscribe for my email newsletter. So I send out postcards from paradise on a weekly basis and it just kind of gives you a more off the cusp. Um, just kind of in my brain, in my thought space. Um, look into what I'm doing currently. So those are the three places that you can connect with me. And I'm really excited to answer any questions or just connect with you guys. Oh, I love it. And you also wanted to talk about, um, an upcoming big Island beach cleanup, I believe as well. Right? Yes, definitely. So if anyone is listening, like that's on our Island, or if you happen to be traveling to the Island, that's amazing. Um, I'm going to be hosting a beach cleanup with, Ren Skincare and Surfrider Foundation um, on December 1st. So I will definitely share 
all the nitty-gritty details for those of you that want to attend on my social media, specifically on my Instagram. So keep your eyes peeled there if you'd like to come kind of experience the unfortunate, um, you know, state of our beaches, but also be part of what's, you know, the solution. Be part of, you know, educating yourself and helping, um, you know, keep our earth clean. Mm, so, so good. And I do have one last question for you. If you yeah. could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Ooh, growing into the best version of yourself. I think just going with what we have talked about on today's episode is ask why. By knowing your why, you have control, you have purpose you have direction. So simply going within will help you see where you want to project forward and will give you the tools and the steps that you can better yourself personally, professionally, um, in your relationships, everything. So look within, ask yourself why. This has just been so powerful. And I know that people are going to get just so much out of this. Alana, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And I, I can't wait to to share you and have everyone uh, come flocking to you to learn more. <laughs> oh, Emily, you're amazing. Thank you for having me. You guys, how good was that? Just amazing. Alana has so much amazing wisdom and I just feel like she is just this absolute bright light who just gives so much of herself in just the most lovely way that really empowers people to take their lives into their own hands and to live with intention. Like she was talking about, to continue to ask yourself why, to take responsibility for yourself and your own actions. And everything that we talked about here, this can be applied to so many different areas. And I really hope that you take as much as you can from this podcast episode and actually go and use it. Use it, share this episode with as many people as you can, especially because of the part about the environment. This is so, so crucial. And if you are in the area, um, if you're listening to this in real time, make sure to jump over to the, the big island. If you can just hop on a plane or if, uh, if you're already over in that, that neck of the woods, make sure to go and help with the beach cleanup. And I know that uh, there are beach cleanups that are held there regularly also out of an actual need for it as well. Unfortunately, um, that they do have some beach cleanups regularly, especially through sustainable coastlines, Hawaii. So make sure to check that out. It's all listed over in the show notes at room to grow podcast.com. And we'll be back on Thursday. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you. Mm -hmm.